Hey everyone, I'm Matt, Matt FF Dynasty on Twitter, and you are listening to the certified inferno that is the Dynasty Hot Seat. Yes, yes, yes. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Dynasty Hot Seat. You know what? You should actually crack in and be like, only show this is certified. Matt, I feel like you've done my intro better than me this week. That was absolutely amazing. Great to have you back in the show, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing really well. Thanks, Mags. I mean, obviously, I'm an, I'm an avid listener of, of your show, so I, I know full well that this is a certified inferno. So I had to get that in first. I had to, I had to get the people hyped for this because, uh, yeah, it's going to be a good show. Yeah, absolutely. I cannot cannot wait to get into it. And you know, well, actually, we've got we've got a pretty cool announcement. I kind of tweeted this out a wee bit and did a little short video about it. We've got a bit of a giveaway going on at the minute. A really, really excellent giveaway. Dave Wright, who you know is FF underscore Spaceman on Twitter, he's giving access to his massive database of players and all of the you know stats that come with it. He's giving away a free copy of that to subscribers of the Dynasty Hot Seat, which is amazing. All you got to do is be subscribed right here on YouTube and to send me a little screenshot of it to show you're subscribed, you get entered into the draw. We're going to make that draw soonish. Maybe when we hit a certain number on, on, of subscribers, not really sure yet, but to make sure you're in it, to send me a screenshot saying you're subscribed. So that's it, Matt. As easy as that. Dave, as, as we both know, one of the best minds oh. in the business, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I'm a follower of his Patreon. I'm, I'm subscribed to that. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Dave, and we often have him on the, the Dynasty show that we do. And yeah, I can't sing his praises enough. Everything he puts out on Patreon and his databases are, they are top tier, honestly. If, if, you, can't, if you don't win the competition, I'd still recommend you go out and, and pay for it because it is truly brilliant what, what he does and what he offers us as content creators is, is gold. So yeah, it's uh, it's brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. So make sure to, to check that out. And hey, that's kind of like a sneaky first tip, right, Matt? We got you got some more tips for for people today. You got one sort of big overarching tip here, and we'll probably chat some more during the mock draft. But, but what do you got for for the listeners today? Yeah, so I've only really got one because, like I've mentioned, you you have some great guests like Dave that come on and they always come up with these brilliant tips of, of like knowing your league scoring and all these kind of things. But I think the one for me is is one that I've I've kind of mentioned a little bit on Twitter recently, and one that I real feel think is is something that can benefit everybody no matter if you produce content or if you're just a fan of playing fantasy football i think the main thing is having your own rankings is is really important for, for when you come into your rookie drafts or into your startup drafts having your rankings and, and whether you create them on your own or maybe you, you get them from somebody else the thing i would recommend is getting a consensus so don't just have one person if there's somebody you really trust then yeah have their rankings but maybe add a few more and, and build a consensus because i think the worst thing is having like one person's opinion and just following their single opinion, like you're kind of just yeah. relying on on their hits and their misses. Whereas if you build a little bit of a consensus, then that gives you a really solid foundation, I think, to, to your drafts. And, and then the thing on, on top of that for, for a tip is 
making tiers. I think having tiers in yeah. in your rankings is is so important. It's so beneficial as well. Um, again, something that I've tweeted out this past week is just how important it is, and we'll probably go for it today when when we do this rookie mock. Is having these tiers allows you to move around the draft board, gaining value, but still keeping those those players that you like. So, say if you've got a, a tier system and, and you might have five players in in that tier, and you're picking right at the top of that tier, so you've got another four players that that you think are pretty similar in terms of the value and maybe what they offer, the upside that they offer. Um, I think having knowing that tier and being able to maybe move back a few places, gaining some extra equity while still staying in that tier, it's basically just getting free value out of something that that you believe in in terms of your tiers. So, yeah, my big tip is having tiers in, in your rankings is is so crucial, so beneficial to to when you're doing your startups and, and your rookie drafts as well. Yeah, I think that that's great. I love the point you're like trying to get as many different like voices as possible involved. Yeah. Like that's kind of a lot of the time a deciding factor for me. Like if I'm in like the third round of a rookie draft and I'm like, oh, I don't really know who I want to take here. Like some of the guys I personally like don't yeah. like aren't there. But then I'm like, oh, hey, like uh, Zach, Zach Evans is there. I know my guy Matt <laughs> loves him from Zach Evans, right? I'll take him because I trust his opinion. He knows what he's talking about. Like take, take a guy that other people are higher on just because like, these guys like you know what you're talking about so it's like i mean you you maybe could have picked a better example then i mean you kind of (laughs) (laughs) i mean my my love for zach evans has um let's just say it's it's cooled a little bit in in the recent weeks with obviously what's happened in in the nfl draft but yeah i just think having a i I do it myself obviously i I produce my own rankings and and i trust my my process and everything but even still if there's a player i'm not sure and i'll i'll take the opinions of a few more people that that i trust in the space and their rankings and i think having a consensus makes it far safer in terms of of doing your drafts as i I mentioned if you're just relying on one source you're kind of pigeonholing yourself into that situation where so if you take a consensus you're kind of getting a a rough feel of of what the opinion is on that player so um yeah i think that's a a great way to approach your, your drafts yeah oh sneak preview as well for everyone listening Keep your eyes peeled on Dallas Healthseed YouTube channel. We got a video coming out after this, which is consensus pre-draft versus consensus post-draft. Mm. And after six or seven mock drafts from around the industry, we'll see how much these players have moved pre-draft versus post-draft. So keep your eyes peeled for that. And, and keep your eyes peeled for this right here because we're going to pull up the mock draft. Here we go. 2023 rookies. Super flex. We don't have a tight end premium on this. Just... Straight super flex, Matt. You're gonna make every pick. We're gonna start with the one one. Who's it gonna be? I mean, I said that like, trepidation. Who's it gonna be, Matt? Yeah, I mean, we can't really build the suspense too much, can we? Because it feels like it is yeah. pretty nailed on consensus who the one one is, and it is Bijan Robinson for me. Yeah, I mean, you've you've clicked it before I've even said it, Mags. You, yeah. you know that it's it's got to be Bijan Robinson. I put again. I put a tweet out this past week saying, has anyone even seen anyone apart from Bijan go? And there's been a few occasions where I've seen people saying that maybe Anthony Richardson or another quarterback's gone for a quarterback needed team. But for me, it's got to be Bijan Robinson. As I mentioned at the start, I have I have tiers and, and he's still in a tier on his own for me. I'm I'm taking that value. I think that's another thing you should pay attention to in in your rookie drafts is, is you don't need to draft for need. You, you draft for value and you can make your moves later on at a, a later date. So, yeah, for me, it's Bijan Robinson. Obviously, that early draft capital being the eighth overall pick going to the Falcons. I mean, Mags, we couldn't have dreamed of a better landing spot. I, I know a lot of people were talking about it for, for months gone by now that we're 
we'd love to see B. John Robinson on the Falcons, knowing obviously what Arthur Smith did last year with how he loves to approach that running back position. We've seen it in Tennessee yeah. with Derek Henry. We saw it at the back end of last year with a guy like Tyler, Tyler Algier. So the fact that somebody who they've picked was that a fifth round pick running back, the workload he got and, and how he produced for fantasy. I mean, if we get that kind of same workload for B. John Robinson, Oh, it's going to be so beautiful. And I feel like he's going to be one of the few remaining true workhorse running backs as well. I feel like the NFL is kind of shifting away from that. But as I mentioned, with with Arthur Smith and his approach to these running backs, you've got a locked-in, set-and-forget running back at the position yeah. that is such a mess um, beyond these top guys. So getting that elite running back, yeah, it's got to be Bijan for me at the 101. Do you know what I tried to do in a league yesterday? I thought it was going to work. And now I'm like, oh, actually, I wonder what other people's take on this is. I set a trade out in this league where I'm heavy, heavy, heavy rebuilding. I've got the 1-1, one, one, got mm-hmm. Bijan Robinson. Set a trade out, I tried to get Justin Jefferson for the 1-1 one, one for mm-hmm. Bijan Robinson. What do you reckon of that? What do you think What do you think the owner's thought process was when they seen that? Do I trade Bijan for Justin Jefferson? Well, I mean, if, if I was picking between the two, I'd want Justin Jefferson just because I, I in Dynasty, I, I prefer that longevity of the wide receiver. We've seen it time and time again with, with running backs. You feel like you've got you only got to look to last week with somebody like Kenneth Walker who felt like a locked in top three running back and then things change during the NFL draft things can change during the off season and they kind of lose that little bit of value but yeah. I've done exactly the same Max I'm in a situation where I'm rebuilding I've got the 101 I'm offering it out to try and get a quarterback like one of the top end quarterbacks or like a Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson not had any look just yet but. I feel like in startups, Bijan's going to go at the end of the first round in in startups. So if you if you're basing your values on that, there's plenty of players that you can you can maybe attack and and try and change the 101 for in in dynasty. So um, yeah, I love maybe making that move if you are a rebuilding team and um, take advantage of somebody that wants Bijan Robinson and maybe get a little bit of value out of it. But yeah, for me, he's the 101 in in rookie drafts. Yeah, absolutely for sure. So let's let's start the real draft then, will we? Let's, let's <laughs> go on a one one two and, and see who you're who you're thinking. Are you, are you going now? It is super flex. Are you thinking it has to be a quarterback here, or you know, I've seen Jameer Gibbs go one two in some places as well. Yeah, you're right. I've seen him him go one two, one three, one four, breaking up this this band of quarterbacks. But for me, as I mentioned with with my tiers, I've got all three of these quarterbacks in the same tier. So this is maybe one of those situations where if if I own the one oh two and or maybe a rebuilding team. Maybe I can look to move back a couple of spots, get a bit more value in, and still look in a quarterback. Mm. Because I feel like these quarterbacks all offer different kinds of, of value. I think it depends on, on your roster construction, what situation you are in Dynasty. Maybe pushes you more towards one player than the other. But just in a vacuum and who I think should be the 101. I mean, I'm, I'm glad we're doing the show after the draft because before the draft, it wouldn't <laughs> be this guy. But after the draft, it's got to be Anthony Richardson for me as, as the 102. Yeah. My big concern with Richardson was maybe him sliding a little bit in the draft now. I'm not saying I thought he could be like a Malik Willis that was going to slide to, to day two. Mm. But I did just worry that maybe he could go down to, to I don't know, like the, the 12th pick, the 13th pick and, and just slide a little bit out of that that top 10, that top five. But the fact that he got picked in the fourth overall pick, going to the Colts as well, which felt like a dream landing spot. Um, we know that the new head coach that they've got over there, he's worked with guys like Jalen Hurts and and Justin Herbert and what they've been able to offer us in fantasy. So I feel like this is just the ideal fit for Anthony Richardson going to the Colts. Um, I feel like he could get a chance to start quite early as well because obviously it's just Gardner Minshew there holding down the fort. And I feel like 
he's not the quarterback that I think a lot of people in fantasy maybe yeah. fall in love with. Obviously, he's a bit of a character, but I feel like Anthony Richardson, they, they've, they've obviously invested a lot of draft capital in him. I don't think it's going to be that kind of situation with a, a Trey Lance where he was behind Jimmy Garoppolo. I feel like the, the difference in quarterbacks that they're going to be behind is, is so different. And I feel like they, they maybe want to see what they've got straight away in Richardson. So the fact that he's going to start early, we know the ceiling, obviously with the rushing upside that everybody talks about, how he absolutely dominated that combine. Um, for fantasy, the ceiling is incredible for Anthony Richardson. And yeah. as I say, in a vacuum, picking out of all these quarterbacks, I'm shooting for that upside and what he offers. Yeah, the more the more I kind of listen and see other people and be part of, of different mock drafts, this seems to be Anthony Richardson is borderline like breaking away on a tier in his own now, actually, because yeah. he ended up so high. And then people seeing what like Justin Fields did last year. Justin Fields barely threw the ball and finishes what quarterback six, seven. Yeah. And like if if Justin Fields could do that, Anthony Richardson offers quite a lot more rushing the ball than Justin Fields does, at least what we've seen in college. So so who knows what he'd be able to do. So yeah, I love I love the pick of Anthony Richardson. Yeah, and I think it was two. I think it was just interesting as well with before the draft, everyone was saying about the the floor was potentially risky. And then a lot of people were correct in saying actually the floor is pretty high with Richardson because as you yeah. mentioned with with like a Justin Fields. But for me, whenever I said the floor is low, it was more about him when he's not on the field, you know what I mean? It's like how long it could take. The floor could be zero points in in next year's um, next year's season if, if he doesn't see the yeah. field. So the floor is actually pretty low. But in terms of when he's on the field, yeah, the, the floor is there. The ceiling is there. Um, but for me, before the draft, it was just that worry that, well, he might sit year one and then we could be in that Trey Lance situation where he might mm-hmm. not get the opportunity. He might not impress. And it might not might not turn out the way we hope it does. So for me, that was my argument with the, the floor, and I just wanted to to say why. If if anyone ever did see me say, "Well, the floor's a bit risky with Richardson," it's more that I wasn't one hundred percent sure that he was going to see the field early. But I mean, with the spot he's got, the, the draft capital he's got, he's starting. So the floor's great mm-hmm. for fantasy. The ceiling's great. What's not to love? Yeah, the floor. It's kind of hard to describe the floor with him. It's almost like yeah. it's like it's a trap door, right? It's like everything's yeah. fine until like someone pushes that <laughs> button and then it's everything's gone, right? So it's yeah, yeah it's it's really interesting with, with him and what he's gonna do. But I've got my fingers crossed for Anthony Richardson. Yeah, I hope he does well. So let's uh let's see who follows me up at the one three then. Yeah, so this was actually my QB one before the NFL draft. And as I mentioned with with the reasons for Anthony Richardson, he's now moved up to to the top of that. But I still, as I said, I think this is a tier. Um, all together with these three quarterbacks. But the guy that I lean yeah. more to now is CJ Stroud. Um, as I mentioned, he was my QB one before the, the NFL draft. He just felt he just feels like that more NFL ready quarterback. He feels like he could probably be the, the best NFL quarterback out of these guys. And I think for fantasy, you do have to consider that while it's a completely different game. Obviously, we're getting points for, for different things, not for winning games. I feel like CJ Stroud, if you know you've got that solid quarterback that that's gonna have that longevity in the NFL, that's that's something you need in fantasy with, with quarterbacks. We've seen it time and again with, with quarterbacks where they could dip in value if, if they're struggling when they come in as rookies. But for me, CJ Stroud, is, his accuracy is is easily the best um, quarterback in terms of accuracy for me out of this class. And um, what he's done over at Ohio State has, has been incredible now. I know the, the situation he was in with the wide receivers he has had the pleasure of, of playing with for, for his college career has obviously helped that. But 
I think a lot of it could do with with to do with CJ Stroud and his ability as well. I think he's he's definitely helped these wide receivers in terms of their college career as well. So um, I obviously love CJ Stroud. I love the fact that he was picked second overall because obviously there was the rumors that he could potentially be one that, that slipped in the NFL yeah. draft. So to get that locked in second overall pick in the NFL draft going to to the Texans is is great for me. And I mentioned this on on another podcast as well recently. Is I think the fact that the Texans were willing to give up their first round pick to take the third overall pick in the NFL yeah. draft is a real vote of confidence behind C.J. Stroud. They obviously believe in him and, and this team and what they can do next year for the fact that they're, they're willing to give up their first next year. So I feel like that's another sign of confidence in in Stroud and they obviously really like him as a quarterback. So again, that's just that's just elevating my, my trust in him. And as I say, I think he's going to be a real safe quarterback in, in fantasy. Probably a high-end QB too. Maybe a little bit more seen to that as well. But um, yeah, I think he's a, a solid picker at the 103. Yeah, I think there's definitely some some unlocking new levels kind of potential there as well. I'm not sure if I'm if I'm fully correct on this, but just the way Ohio State seemed to run their offense, they they kind of put a bit of a leash on their on their quarterbacks. We've seen it with Justin Fields, obviously. So CJ Stroud, if he's kind of allowed by Houston to kind of move around a little bit more and use his legs a bit more, that could push his his ceiling up even further. So yeah, I do like that. I think that's a really good point. I heard you say that on... Was that on the Fantasy Sanctuary you said that? I think it was. Uh, think yeah, it was, you, yeah, yeah. I think I heard you say that, and I was like, actually, that's a really good point. That's a <laughs> huge, like, yeah, stamp of approval with CJ Stroud. It's like, we don't need yeah. that 24 pick. We're it's like we're going to be picking last. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, they do anyway. have the Browns yeah. pick, but they do have the Brown pick yeah. still. But I think I, yeah. I do believe it was the round that they used. So, as I say, I think that's, it was. that's a real vote of confidence behind Stroud. Absolutely agree. So, CJ Stroud locked in then. Who's up at Who's up at 1-4? Yeah, so as I mentioned, the, these quarterbacks all in the same tier. So Superflex sticking with the quarterback. Bryce Young going to the Panthers, number one overall pick. I mean, first of all, what a great situation to be in, being the first overall quarterback selected um, yeah. in, in the NFL draft. Going to the Panthers, which I think is actually not too bad a, a situation. And the people mentioned that the supporting cast he's going to have over there is not great. But he's got some real solid veterans there and guys like Thielen, um, DJ mm-hmm. Chark. I, I feel like the, the foundations that they've got there, is, is pretty solid for him coming into the NFL. He's going to have some established um, wide receivers. While in fantasy, they might not be the greatest, but having somebody like an Adam Thielen that can can help you as a, a rookie quarterback coming into the league is, is going to be great for him. It looks like the Panthers are going to be willing to, to surround him with with some more weapons as well. Obviously, they put this selected uh, Jonathan Mingo in, in the second round. So, yeah. um, again, this is a team that I think is going to build around Bryce Young. Again, what he offers in fantasy is probably pretty similar to, to a CJ Stroud. Um, I think in terms of, of the ceiling that they've got and, and the floor that they've got, I feel like they they are pretty close. But um, yeah, again, I think there's going to be another great quarterback in the NFL. I'm um, going to have a lot of longevity, hopefully. There's obviously the concern with with the size, but I feel like that's the only real p- argument people have against Bryce Young, to be honest, because what he's done in his college career has, has been great. And people always say because he's an Alabama quarterback, he might have had an easy ride. But to be honest, his receiving core the, the last couple of years has not been brilliant uh, over at Alabama since obviously he lost Jameson Williams um, a couple of years ago. Last year, didn't really have too much in terms of weapons. So, um, yeah, I think he's a a solid quarterback and he's going to be great again in the NFL and hopefully for fantasy. Yeah, I think like Bryce Young could, I mean, I think it's not hard to say like Bryce Young might be the best like quarterback out of of these three, but we're not, we're not picking, you know, 
the best quarterback here. We're not NFL mm-hmm. general managers. We're, we're picking the best fantasy quarterback. And, you know, a comparison that people always talk about, oh, Bryce Young is short. It's like, oh, well, so was Drew Brees. It's like, Drew Brees had to break NFL records to become fantasy yeah. relevant. Like, he had yeah. to literally pass more than, like, more passing yards than anyone else ever had to become fantasy relevant because he wasn't great using his legs. He was just incredibly accurate. So that's kind of the ceiling that Bryce Young needs to hit. He needs to be, like, elite level like game changing like passer to become you know fantasy relevant or you know he could end up being and there's obviously nothing wrong with it like a Kirk Cousins kind of guy and you know are you happy getting you know Bryce Young for the next what 10-15 years as like a quarterback to I pick one for probably right probably that's still that's still pretty good value so yeah I think Bryce Young we talked about ceiling and floor I think you know the floor is probably quite nice for Bryce Young but the ceiling yeah you can it's one of those like low, low ceiling like flats, right? You can touch the floor and the water is <laughs> on the ground at the same time, right? Lovely heating, very safe, very economical, <laughs> but you know, not quite the same as Anthony Richardson, which is like the. No. Do you ever click on the OMG tab on Airbnb? Do you ever do that? Absolutely fantastic. You get the like, tree houses and like all this kind of thing, right? It's much more exciting, right? Uh, but yeah, Bryce Young's a much safer investment. But we got him. We got him locked in at one, uh, one four. Sorry, and next up we got the pick. Five of the first round. So who are you going with here, Matt? Yeah, this is a real tough one for me because this guy and the guy that I've got at the one who sits literally light for light for me. I've flipped them back and forth numerous times just in the last few days since since the NFL draft. Before the draft, it was easily Jackson Smith and Jig for me. And then mm-hmm. the, the draft capital that I saw that Jameer Gibbs got, I think it shocked everybody. And that kind of made me think, well, okay, there's obviously a clear plan for, for him in Detroit. So as I say, it's literally flipped and flopped for me numerous times. I think at this moment in time, I'm now leaning more towards Jameer Gibbs. I just think um, being that running back, we know that the positional value in, in fantasy, it's something that people are always chasing, having these young um, running backs um, in fantasy is obviously great. I feel like you're getting that insight of value. And then the fact that Jameer Gibbs is this receiving um, back as well is going to be great for PPR leagues. Uh, as I mentioned, the fact that Detroit were willing to take him so early, the 12th overall pick, I think it shocked everybody seeing how high he went. But Detroit clearly have a, a big desire to, to bring him into the team. The fact that they were happy to move on DeAndre Swift, who I think has been a great receiving back for them over the last couple of years, just couldn't stay healthy, which was which was a shame to see. But they've obviously got a plan for, for their running backs and how they want to use him. Jameer Gibbs obviously fits that build perfectly. So for me at this moment in time, he is now going to be my, my 105. But as I say, I've flipped between him and JSM because I think both are, are going to be great for fantasy for, for years. But um, yeah, just getting that, that positional value at running back just edges it for, for Jameer Gibbs for me at the moment. Yeah, I think if you're at one five here, you, you might all just almost be like just looking at your team and being like, right, mm. how am I at running back here? I'm actually, you know, you can never be too safe at running back, but if you are like <laughs> fairly safe, then you might want to go with wide receiver, or if you're needing running backs, you might want to go with the running back here. I think both both players are are pretty, you know, pretty, pretty good. And you're you know, there's been a lot of like a lot of chat about you know, this class isn't what it was hyped up to be and things like that, but we've got six huge huge players here for fantasy some might even say you know seven some might even push it mm-hmm. to you but the top six i i think are like really locked in and having a first round where you have six kind of slam dunk prospects that's really really good i still think it's a good class maybe not quite what it was hyped up to be but that's about as good as you can ask for usually getting six of the first round that are that are really elite 
Yeah, no, I think you're spot on. Every draft I've been, it's been a consensus top six. I've, I've yet to see anybody break into that that top six. So as you say, I feel like it's a, a real strong class at the top end. And I think the, there's a few more there as well that I'm, I'm happy to take. I just, I just feel like, I think that the thing with this draft class was a lot of people saying was how deep it was and how strong it was in, in depth. And mm. then we're a couple of days removed from the NFL draft and it's like you mentioned, it's maybe the top eight or nine players. And then it's kind of like, well... I don't feel great about being at the back end of the first anymore. Yeah. Whereas before I was hyping up mid seconds as being potential great value in, in fantasy. Whereas now I just don't feel great about it. No, not at all. So you mentioned that top six is a, is a lock. Are we, are we locking in JSN here then? Yeah, we can, we can lock him in pretty, pretty comfortably. I think yeah. JSN, we, we've, we've been talking about JSN for, for months and, and maybe years now, if you, if you follow the NFL yeah. and going back to what he did as a, as a freshman, um, obviously, we know that the talk of Alave and Garrett Wilson both saying that he was the best wide receiver over there at Ohio, Ohio mm-hmm. State, and obviously, what he did in, in that freshman year was was unreal, to be honest. And um, yeah, it's a shame that we didn't really get to see him this this last final year in in college. And I think maybe that's maybe put people a little bit sour on him because it's kind of that. Well, we've not seen him for a lot of while. We forgot just how great he is. But yeah, I think he's going to be a top wide receiver in the NFL. Um, you could maybe be a little bit disappointed that he went 20th overall to, to the Seahawks. I think a lot of us were maybe hoping he could get a little bit earlier draft capital, but I still think you're getting a, a first-round wide receiver um, at, the, at the 105 spot with solid draft capital going to the Seahawks. Again, this is another situation where people aren't too keen on, on the landing spot. Obviously, we know DK Metcalf's there, um, Tyler Lockett as well, and I think he's going to fit into that wide receiver three um, role straight away and be that slot guy because we know how great he has been in, in the slot, but Tyler Lockett's not getting any younger. DK Metcalf is, we know what he is. We know what DK Metcalf offers in, in the receiving game. And I feel like JSN offers something completely different to that. And I think he's going to be brilliant for, for Geno Smith, having that safety blanket of somebody like a Jackson Smith and Jig. But people are worried that he's not going to be hugely efficient and put great fantasy numbers up year one. And I'd agree with that because we know the Seahawks love to, to run the ball. But I think long-term mm. for Dynasty, yeah, I think he's going to be a great wide receiver. I've got no issues of, of ranking him right now as a, a top 15 wide receiver in Dynasty because I think he's going to be going to be brilliant and I think the season's potentially even better than what people give him credit for. I can almost see him being almost like, do you remember whenever Devonta Smith first came out and the first sort of six, seven games he wasn't producing? Yeah. That's whenever I went out and I bought an absolute ton of Devonta Smith because it's like you can't yeah. just expect everybody to be Justin Jefferson jamar chase it used to be a saying that these like white rookie right receivers take like a third year breakout right that used to be a saying obviously now we're getting used to these guys hitting as rookies but jackson smith and jigba i'm wondering if there's something there with him if he doesn't you know come out and light the world on fire right away i bet there might be a window there where you can get jackson smith and jigba at price so i'd keep your eyes peeled for that just in case and yeah i actually do quite like the landing spot the more i think about it i'm like yeah actually i'm 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 quite I'm quite happy with that one. Yeah, so. I think that's that's why I've I've probably put Jameer Gibbs above and Jigba because I feel like if maybe a few a few weeks into the NFL, I feel like Gibbs is gonna have that bit more value because if JSN isn't yeah. lining up straight away, I feel like Gibbs is probably the more likely of the two to have an early start and his value is obviously gonna be gonna be higher than what JSN's is. And then maybe you can make that move like you mentioned. You can move off Gibbs to, to a JSN and probably get plenty more thrown on top as well. So um yeah, that's probably why I've got it the way I have at the minute in my, my rankings. Yeah, absolutely. So now, now we've kind of got that kind of the top top six <laughs> locked in. So who's who's starting up at uh, pick number seven then of the first round for you? 
Yeah, so this is a pretty confident pick for me and, and who's my wide receiver to in this class. It's Jordan Addison. Um, yeah. Really liked him before the NFL draft. The fact that he's gone to the Vikings um, with that 24th overall pick. I love the landing spot, Mags. I'll, I'll be honest, I absolutely love it. We've mentioned it two or three times on on the Fantasy Wildcard Dynasty show, how much of a dream scenario it would be seeing him yeah. land with the Vikings. Um, people are maybe going to say, well, he's going to be behind Justin Jefferson. That's not that's not a bad thing to be behind Justin Jefferson. He's going to take a lot of attention away from from Madison. We know the Vikings have now become one of the most pass-heavy teams in the NFL. I think people look at the Vikings and still maybe think to that time when it was um, Dalvin Cook running the ball, there was a run-heavy team. But in, in recent years, they've become a real pass-heavy team. I believe that Kirk Cousins ranked second in, in terms of pass attempts. Um, he ranked second yeah. in terms of, of red zone pass attempts as well. So you're getting that added bonus of if they get near the red zone, they're not always going to be running the ball. They're, they're going to be willing to throw the ball and, and Addison can benefit from that. Um, so I love the fact that he's landed with the Vikings, being the wide receiver too. I feel like that's going to keep his value at a solid enough level where you can invest in him in a, in a cheap enough value to get a, a wide receiver in fantasy that could be with the, with the likes of a, a T Higgins or a, a Jalen Waddle, that's a wide receiver two on the team, valued as a wide receiver two, but the upside is is far greater than that. And if anything were to ever happen to Justin Jefferson, you've got a locked in wide receiver one on a pass heavy offense. I mean, yeah, it's it's a smash for me. He's in a tier on his own um, above the the following wide receivers that we're going to talk about. And to be honest, he's probably pushing to get into that tier um, with Jason and yeah. Gibbs for me because I, I love the potential upside he's got. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned T. Higgins. So this kind of feels like that by the end of the year. I mean, obviously Justin Jefferson is so good, but yeah, you know, could it could be you know close to like that one A one B. But I know Jefferson's probably going to be one overall, but almost like Edge Edge Brown and Devonta Smith, right? Where Edge Brown's obviously this monster, but Devonta Smith's still like top twelve wide receiver in the NFL last year for yeah. for Dynasty. So yeah, Jordan Addison could sneak in there, and like you said, the the Vikings are great. They they have got like Justin Jefferson, who's obviously very fantasy relevant. Adam Thielen has been fantasy relevant for years. TJ Hawkinson is fantasy relevant. This is a team more than capable of of getting fantasy relevant, you know, pass catchers in there. And Jordan Addison's going to be no different. So I love that pick at, at one seven. Yeah. And, and, and Cousins is probably playing for his, his NFL future as well, isn't he? So, I mean, that's yeah. another added incentive of knowing that he's going to want to throw the ball to to impress other yeah. teams or keep his contract with with the Vikings. So, yeah, I love Addison. For, in redraft, he would probably be the wide receiver one that I'd take out of this class in, in season-long leagues. I think he's, he's got the high ceiling in, in year one. Yeah, I think you're absolutely spot on there. So... Who's um who's following up then? I, I pick one eight. Yeah, so at one eight, I'm I'm sticking with the wide receivers. I'm going for Quentin Johnson. He's a guy that that I really like to lean up to the NFL draft. I, I know there's a lot of people not too sure on him. Feel like if they were going to pick anybody to be a potential bust out of these top end wide receivers, he could be that one guy. But absolutely, again, I absolutely love the landing spot landing with the Chargers. Solid draft capital. Um, with the, the 22nd overall pick, the, the second wide receiver off the board. Um, there was talks that he might not even go in the first round of the NFL draft. Obviously, he didn't mm-hmm. get that invite to, to the NFL draft. So that kind of made people feel pretty confident that he wasn't going to be selected in the first round. So the fact that he was the second wide receiver off the board is is a big plus to me. Landing, as I say, with the Chargers, um, we know how great Justin Herbert can be for, for fantasy. And he's been crying out for another another weapon on on this offense. There's been a need for a speed. So while I don't think Quentin Johnson's quite at the level of maybe some of these other wide receivers that they could have taken, he's still got plenty of speed to him. He's a big-bodied guy. Feels a little bit like maybe a Mike Williams who's on the other side. And maybe this is that transition from, from maybe moving on from Mike Williams. Um, in the future, Keen Allen's obviously getting up there in age as well. So yeah. um, I feel like it's a situation, again, he's going to land a little bit like JSN, I guess. He's going to land being that wide receiver three, 
But I think in the near future, there's there's potential for him to grow into a, a far bigger role. And as I say, being on on the charges on on a, a great passing offense is is going to be great for him. And I think he's a, a solid pick at the one hundred and eight. Yeah, and you got to hope there's potential growth as he lost two inches, right? One of those. Nobody wants to lose two inches, so yeah, that was that was pretty. No, <laughs> not at all. Um, so yeah, we got we got Quinn Johnson locked in there. Like you said, that's. That's about as good of a landing spot as, as he could have got there. So we'll we'll see how he ends up there. But yeah, one eight, not bad there at one eight. I don't think so. Who's who's following up at, at one nine? Yeah. So again, I'm I'm going to stick with the wide receivers as I said in Dynasty. I do tend to lean more to, to the wide receivers just for that longevity, learning from previous mistakes of taking somebody like a Keyshawn Vaughn over a Justin Jefferson. Yeah. So I'm I'm happy to stick with the wide receivers. And again, as a Flowers, I think. I think he's been pretty underrated at the moment. He feels like the consensus wide receiver four, and some people aren't really showing him, and they're willing to take these running backs over him. And and I think there's more to Zay Flowers than, than what maybe people are giving him credit for. I feel like maybe they're just looking at the landing spot with the Ravens, thinking, well, it's not a very pass-heavy offense. Lamar Jackson, is he a true passer of the ball? He's, he's more of a running back playing quarterback, but... Now, I believe that Zay Flowers is going to be great for this offense. I feel like the Ravens now, they've they've made changes to, to the coaching staff. They've brought in a new head coach that is, is promised that this is going to be a more passive offense. He wants them to throw the ball more. They've just paid just, uh, Lamar Jackson a, a great contract um, to keep him as the franchise quarterback. So I feel like he's got a point to prove as well. He's, he's made it um, known as well that he wants to pass the ball more. So I feel like we might see a shift from Lamar Jackson being that elite run of the ball and, and showing a bit more in, in what he can do passing the ball. And Zay Flowers is probably going to step in. I think he could push to be the wide receiver one in this offense straight away behind Rashad Bateman, who obviously struggled with the, the injury last yeah. year, showed flashes at the start of the year. Um, obviously, he was a first-round pick as well. But I think Zay Flowers, what he offers is that speed. So he's going to be great for this offense. And, and Lamar Jackson getting the ball to him early and, and letting Zay Flowers do what he does best. Um, with that elite speed that he's got. So I think the, the, the landing spot's maybe a little bit better than what people are giving it credit for. And I think he's going to be a great a great wide receiver in, in the NFL and hopefully that materialises fantasy. I know he's going to be behind Mark Andrews. We know how much um, Lamar Jackson loves Mark Andrews. But yeah. being the, the second option on, on this, hopefully new and improved offence next year, I think could be a solid value looking back in a couple of years at, at where you've got him. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm going to have to make the joke about Lamar being given his flowers as well, right? That's, <laughs> like, yeah, got got to get that in there. New contract, new offense. Yeah, can't can't yeah. wait to see what he does. What he does with with Zay Flowers, very <laughs> exciting. So, uh, we got we got three picks left in the first round. So, who's who's the third last pick for you, Matt? Yeah, so now is where I'm willing to, to move off the wide receivers. I feel like them for the the locked-in top four wide receivers. And now I'm willing yeah. to take that shot on, on a running back. I think there's a couple of running backs that, that I still truly believe in. I know there's been a lot of talk that the, the, the landing spots or the draft capital has not been great for some of these running backs. But uh, the guy for me that, that's my running back three at the moment is Devon A. Chain. Um, yeah. I know he, he, he was selected in, in day three, a third-round pick. But, I mean, the, the landing spot is brilliant. And I'm not just saying it's purely down to the landing spot because I liked him uh, pre-NFL draft. I think I had him at my RB4, RB5 um, before the NFL draft. But just getting that landing spot with the Dolphins, you couldn't have picked you couldn't have picked a better landing spot for Devin no. H. And his skill set fits so perfectly into that Dolphins scheme. And he's going to be used in such a great way, using that elite speed. We know that he's, he's a track star, he's... he's his speed, we saw it at the combine just how fast he is. So I feel like landing with the Dolphins, we've seen it already with a guy like Raheem Mostert, somebody with that speed. And obviously, this 49 and style offense that they've got under Mike McDaniels now at, at yeah. Miami. 
he's going to be the perfect fit for this. And and I love the landing spot. I think he's he's got the ability to beat out these guys that are still there. Jeff Wilson, he's proven to be a solid running back. Obviously, McDaniels likes him from his time at the 49ers and Raheem Mostert as well. But he's getting up there and AG struggle with injuries. And I feel like this is the light for light replacement for him. And and yeah, I'm super excited about the landing spot. And I think he's going to be great on this offense. Yeah, that's like obviously lots of, Lots of people on the show before the draft, like talking about landing spots and a couple of episodes, like I've talked to some guests, like one of these running backs is going to hit hit the jackpot yeah. and get that Miami landing spot. And, you know, if you could have handpicked, maybe apart from B. John Robinson, obviously, but if you could have picked someone, Devin H.M. be right at the top of that yep. list for just like their ultimate sort of Mike McDaniel kind of pass catching, does it all like speed kind of guy. I can't wait to see yeah. what he does in this offense. And again, it might be frustrating at times because obviously he does he does love um, himself some Raheem Mostert. He does love himself <laughs> a little bit of uh, Jeff Wilson as well. But definitely, he'll certainly get, get his licks in as well. So definitely one to look forward to. And pick 10, good value as well. So who's, yeah. who's up to pick 11 as well? Yeah, so again, I'm sticking at the running back position and I feel like a lot of people won't agree with this. I, I know I've had people say to me when I post in my rankings that they wouldn't touch this guy at this point, but I'm still confident in Zach Charbonnet at the 111 at, yeah. at the running back, being the running back four. I mean, I know, yeah, the, the landing spot is not great. You, you're going in uh, alongside of Kenneth Walker, who looked brilliant um, for, for a large part of last year um, with, the, with the Seahawks, but he's got that solid draft capital. He was selected in the second round of the NFL draft. That, that can only be a positive and, and show how much um, Pete Carroll wanted to, to get Zach Charbonnet yeah. in. We know how much the Seahawks love to run the ball. Um, I feel like the, the Seahawks saw that the struggles that they had when Kenneth Walker went down last year at the running back position, how they had no real depth there. And this year, they've, they've still got no real depth. So I felt like this is a this was always a need for them, I think, in the NFL draft. Maybe it was maybe it was a little bit earlier than what we thought, but I mean, you know Pete Carroll, you know he loves a running back. Um, so yeah, seeing him go there, the landing spot isn't great on the face of it, but I do think he's going to be put into a, a role straight away with Kenneth Walker. I feel like from what I've seen Pete Carroll say about him after the NFL draft is they like what he offers. He can be used in the receiving game. He can be used as, as a runner as well. So I feel like Charbonnet has got a real chance at fighting for that receiving down work in this offense. And, and if anything, it's it's more a negative for Kenneth Walker. I think that the NFL draft and, and what's happened and, and the selection of Charbonnet, I feel like he's now lost that locked-in workhorse role that he had last year. And I feel like this could be a split. I still think that Walker's going to be the lead back out of the two, but it wouldn't shock me at all if it was a 60-40 split. We saw Charbonnet get 40% of the carries. And as I say, in a, in a run-heavy offense, a team that loves to, to run the ball, establish the run early. I think Charbonnet's still got some potential value. And as I've mentioned, if anything were to happen to Kenneth Walker, you've got the starting running back for, for the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, that's a that's a prized possession in fantasy and what he could offer um, if anything were to happen to, to Kenneth Walker. You've got a potential league winner. So I still think at, at the 111, I'm willing to back the talent and not just fade him because of the landing spot. And, and yeah, take that Charbonnet here. Yeah, I mean, do you know who else is the second-run running back who was drafted to play for the Seattle Seahawks? Kenneth Walker. Yeah. Like they're both drafted in the same round, and you can bet your ass Pete Carroll doesn't care about your fantasy team. So <laughs> I can see that, yeah, being Zach Charbonnet. You didn't pick him in the second round for no reason. Yeah. Right? Well, we've seen it so, before, haven't we, with uh, Rashad Penny and uh, um, Chris Carson when, when those two were together. Yeah. Penny went in the first round, Chris Carson, what was he, like a, a fourth round, a fifth round pick? Mm-hmm. 
and that didn't Pete Carroll wasn't bothered about where that what the draft capital was. He just loves running the ball. He'll he'll give it to the hot hand. So I think there's a real shot for Charbonnet to be able to do something early. And as I say, I'm willing to back the time. I don't think he's the talent of Kenneth Walker. If I'm picking the two, I pick Kenneth Walker out of the two. But yeah, I mean the fact that you can get Zach Charbonnet. I've seen people say they wouldn't touch him till like the late second, and, and for me that's far too late. I think the draft capital, the the potential that he's got in that offense. Yeah, I'm happy to take him out there at this spot. Yeah, I think you're I think you're spot on. Hey, what do you think the odds of the Pete Carl knows what sleeper is? <laughs> well, I mean, I hear a lot of these uh, football players say that they're not into fantasy, but I wouldn't be yeah. so surprised if you're somewhere and yeah. we're into to a bit of fantasy yeah. football. Yeah, I think so, maybe. Um, so who's who's your final pick then of of the first round at pick one twelve? Yeah, so with it being super flex, I feel like I've got to take a quarterback here because. Yep. despite the, the sliding in the NFL draft, I think Will Levis should still be a, a first-round pick in, in your rookie drafts. But at a late first, I feel like it's it's cheap enough for me to take a chance and, and see what we've got in Will Levis. I mean, obviously, he slipped a lot further than what people thought. People thought he could slip in the NFL draft to, to be a, after the top 10 picks overall in the NFL draft. But the fact that he slipped right down to, to day two was a real shock. But I'm not... Obviously, I am concerned, but I feel like the fact that the Titans were willing to move up, they moved up eight spots to go and grab a Will Levis. I feel like the Malik Willis um, experiment is over now. I feel like they, they don't see that developing, but getting a, a Will mm-hmm. Levis, who, who's been pretty solid in, in college, shown flashes that he can be a, a good NFL quarter, a good starting quarterback in, in the NFL. I feel like the Titans wanted to go and get somebody to potentially be that replacement for, for Ryan Tannehill. And I mean, this this Titans office wasn't great last year, so I mean we could be talking about we'll ever see an opportunity maybe earlier than what we'd expect. If he can put up a real battle in in um in training camp and, and preseason before the NFL draft, it wouldn't shock me at all if maybe they just take a chance and see what they've got in Will Levis um straight away. So the fact that you're getting a potential starting quarterback at the back end of the first round, while I'm not, I'm not I've never been in on Will Levis, I've never been a Will Levis guy. I've always been pretty low on him, but I feel like this is a point at, at rookie drafts in Superflex leagues where you've got to take that shot and see what you've got in a, in a quarterback who could potentially be a starter within the next year. So, um, yeah, I'm happy to grab him at the back end of the first. Yeah, you took the words out of my mouth there as well. There's definitely a chance that Will Levis is, you know, the starter hmm. week one. I don't think the Titans believe in, like, Ryan Tannehill being there long term. They've tried to replace him, you know, twice now in the last, yeah. in the last two years. So, yeah, if Will Levis shows up at training camp, then... Yeah, there, there's a chance that, that he could be the start of week one. And, you know, even if he's not, I I can't see him sitting. I just can't see him sitting the whole year. I think he will play as the starter this year and will take over before before the end of the year. So, yeah, I think I, I pick 112. Really, really good value there. So who's who's starting off the second round for you? Pick 2-1. Yeah, so I'm going to now move back to, to the wide receiver position. And this is a guy that I really liked before the NFL draft and, and I can just feel more confident about it, even more so now after the NFL draft. It's, it's Marvin Mims. He, he's my mm-hmm. wide receiver five currently in my, my rookie rankings. And the, the big thing for me, obviously, as I mentioned, I, I liked him pre-draft what he did at Oklahoma. He, he's been a, an impressive college wide receiver. But the fact that the, the Denver Broncos are willing to move up, grab him at the back end of the second round with that second overall pick. Um, Sean Payton's first selection as, a, as the head coach of, of the Broncos, I think that's a real vote of confidence for me. It shows that, that this coaching staff believe in Marvin Mins, wanted to get him on the team. Um, I know a lot of people are going to be concerned because of the, the competition he's got for targets with, with the Jerry Judy or Colton Sutton, but we've heard rumours all off-season that they could be looking to move one of these guys, if not potentially both of them. Um, now, I know I think they took the fifth-year option, haven't they, on, on 
on um, on Jerry Judy. So yeah, I feel like if one were to move it, it could be Colton Sutton. And if that were to happen, you've now got a guy that's going to be the wide receiver two on, two on an offense that's got a new head coach in, in Sean Payton, who who's one of the better head coaches in, in the NFL. He's shown it in, in years gone by what a great head coach he is. I feel like Russell Wilson's going to start to take that step forward after obviously a disappointing first year in, in Denver. So if you've got a wide receiver there that's potentially the wide receiver too, even if he's not the wide receiver too, I feel like they had a need for this. We've seen it with like a KJ Hamler. That they, they needed that deep guy, that guy that's got yeah. that speed. That's what Marvin Mins offers. He offers speed to this offense that I think they've been crying out for. So I think he's got a, a defined role in, in this offense. Peyton obviously loves him to, to go up and grab him. Um, in that second round. So I think he's going to be great. I think he could be great for, for fantasy as well. So yeah, he's been a guy that I'm happy to target at, at the mid to, to start of the second round in, in all my rookie drafts. Yeah, I think I think the way they're they're looking at things, Sutton, Courtland Sutton seems a bit more of a like a square peg in a round hole the more you look at yeah. that team now. It's like he's yeah, he's he's the old one. I think Judy and Mims, that's a, I think that's a really uh, I still I still believe in Jerry Judy, you know. I don't know why. Yeah. I can't. I can't help it. I think there's something there. Cortland Sutton. I'm. I'm kind of over it with Cortland Sutton now. I think yeah. Marvin Mims. Long may. Long may. Marvin Mims reign over over him. So let's let's lock in. Pick two two next. Then who's following Marvin? Yeah. So again, this is this is like a tier of three wide receivers for me. So I'm happy to take any of these three guys. But the guy that I really like and is my wide receiver six is Rasheed Rice. I mean, you Ooh. you'll love this one, Max, because you're you're. Tell me more. <laughs> um, this is a guy that I really liked. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, I do these under the radar rookie threads. Um, at the start of the off season, guys that I think are maybe not getting spoke about, and Rasheed Rice was one of these guys that that I found quite early in the process. And I, and I just love what he could potentially offer in, in fantasy and what he offers as a, an NFL wide receiver. So um, I absolutely loved him before the draft. And now he's gone to the Chiefs. And I don't know if you feel like this, Max, but I feel like this has just been a, a huge overcorrection to what we saw last year with Skymo. Yeah. Because in, I've completed two rookie drafts at the moment. I've seen him go at the 301 and the 303 in my rookie draft. Wow. And I think that is that is far too low. As I say, I, th- I feel like people have, have made an overcorrection from what we saw last year with, with Sky Moore. But the fact that, that the Chiefs, again, they moved up eight spots to, to go and grab Rasheed Rice. Um, I feel like th- they've got a need at wide receiver. We know that, obviously, Juju left and and the, the actual wide receiver core is not the strongest. Kadarius Tony, I'm a Giants fan. I'm never going to get behind that train because I've, I've been burned <laughs> far too much as a Giants fan. So I think he's going into a potential opportunity on the Chiefs, we know what a high-powered offense this is. Now, I know he's obviously going to be behind Travis Kelsey, fighting for scraps behind that, but yeah. he's got a real shot at being the potential wide receiver one on this offense um, in, a, in a year or two, if he can live up to 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 what, obviously, the, the Chiefs seeing him as, as a college um, prospect. So, I really like Rasheed Rice. He, he's on a on a, a high-powered offense, as I mentioned, so... I'm more than happy to, to grab him at this spot. And as I say, I've seen him go far later. So he's somebody that I'm I'm happy to grab um in a lot of my rookie drafts at the moment. Yeah, I'm I'm sort of calming down a little watching the draft. As I seen Jackson Smith and Jigba like fall, I was just like <laughs> screaming, I was like, trade up. Like screaming, trade up. And then the Chiefs went and traded up like a round later to get Rasheed Rice. And it's just not the same. So it kind of knocked me back a bit. But you know what? It doesn't matter who you could put anybody in at wide receiver, and Andy Reid will scheme them open and padding holes to find them. So, yeah. I think Rasheed Rice has got yeah a bright a bright future, and like he's not like a like a McCall Hardman kind of weird experiment kind of guy. He's yeah. someone that's got really good fundamentals, 
runs really good, writes, catches the ball really well. So he's he's here to stay. He's not like this weird gadgety experimental guy. So I think he'll do he'll do well in the Chiefs. And yeah, just take that Juju Smith Schuster role and you know. We yeah. may laugh at our friend Kev for believing in Juju so much <laughs> last year, but you know he was still fantasy relevant, right? He still put Absolutely. up some points. He's still a good wide receiver three for your team. So Rasheed Rice could definitely could definitely be that. So yeah, pick at two two. So who's following Rasheed Rice at, at two three? Yeah, so as I said, it's a two or three wide receivers. So it's Jonathan Mingo for me at this point, a wide receiver seven. The, the fact that, as I mentioned at the start when, when we spoke about Bryce Young, that the, the Panthers are looking to, to put weapons around him. The fact that they're willing to, to get a wide receiver with the next pick in, in the NFL draft at, at pick eight in the second round, that's really solid draft capital for, yeah. for a guy that I wasn't, to be honest, I wasn't super high on going into the NFL draft, but seeing him get that solid draft capital, as I mentioned, the Panthers have... They've got wide receivers, but they're all either Adam Fields getting up there in age or, or guys that are just, yeah. they've been okay in the NFL, but not really took it, took it by the horns really and, and really exploded. So I feel like Mingo's going into potential great situation with the Panthers, a team that's that's obviously changing a lot now on offense um, this coming year. And I feel like he's, he's got a shot to, to get an early role in that offense. And as I say, I think at, at this point in the NFL, uh, in the in your rookie drafts, I'm happy to take a shot on a, a wide receiver with such solid, dra- solid draft capital because that's the one thing that I think really does show in fantasy. If you, if you get that early second round um, draft capital for a wide receiver, that's still pretty good. So, um, yeah, he, he's a guy that's moved up my rankings and I'm happy to, to grab him at this point. Yeah, absolutely. He was the kind of guy that was sort of sneakily rumoured to go quite high just because... He's like he's a big guy, right? He's like yeah. guy outside of outside of the mold of of this class of wide receivers, where it's kind of smaller, shiftier guys, and then it's, it's Quentin Johnson and it's Jonathan Mingo, and then maybe one yeah. or two others that that kind of fit that kind of bigger frame. So yeah, glad that he he got that draft capital, and yeah, love that landing spot with with the Panthers. Bryce Young doesn't have a link with anybody, and he's going to have to find a link with somebody. And Jonathan Mingo's got yeah. as good a shot as as anybody else. So why not take a putt on him at, at two three there? So. Who's following up at 2-4? Yeah, this one could be a, a controversial one. Maybe a lot of people wouldn't do it at this point. But I'm going to, again, super flex. I'm looking at quarterback. I'm taking Hendon Hooker here. Um, mm-hmm. now I know he's, a, he's an older prospect. Obviously, he's 25 years old. He's, he's an older quarterback. He's, he's coming off that tough um, ACL injury. He's gone to the Lions. So you pretty much guaranteeing he's going to sit behind Jared Goff for at least a year. But he probably needed that anyway. He probably needed to sit this first year um, anyway because of the injury. So um, I think taking a quarterback, I'm willing to take a shot. We've seen it in in previous years. You can take this gamble at, at quarterback. Just looking back to last year, I mean, nobody was really high on a, a Desmond Ridder, but I mean, look what he's now the potential starting quarterback in the NFL next year with, with the Falcons. And you've mm. probably got a, a better return on investment than, than what you paid for him in, in rookie drafts last year. So I just think in Superflex, with how much quarterbacks can be valued, you know if you've got a starting quarterback, that their value is going to be a potential you could probably get a future first foot for any starting quarterback in the NFL. So um, I think getting Hendon Hooker in the middle of the second round is, is a, is a gamble I'm willing to take. And, and while I know he could sit a year and, and, and maybe not get an opportunity early and he's an older prospect, I think there's a chance that if he does get that shot, a little bit like a, a Geno Smith, obviously an older quarterback that never really got a chance yeah. in the NFL. But when he finally got that chance, he's actually proven a lot of people, um, a lot of people wrong. So as I say, I'm willing to just slash him at this point. In my super flex drafts, uh, being a quarterback and and maybe seeing what we've got next year if if Jared Goff doesn't hit the heights that he hit last year. It's so strange, right? Because 
he is seen as like the heir to Jared Goff, but he's like what two years younger than Jared Goff, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. So it's yeah, it's a bit of an odd one, but yeah, yeah. obviously they, they've drafted him in because yeah, they're obviously looking to see if they can expand in that role he's obviously incredibly accurate like has broken lots of records before for like lack of interception he's very good at not throwing interceptions i believe and mm-hmm. that's one of his big things and he's a bit more mobile than than jared goff but you know that's yeah, yeah a lot of people are a lot more, a bit more mobile <laughs> than, than, than jared goff so hey henning hooker there yeah swing for the fence as a quarterback for sure at two four then here we go two five so it's, it's not tie end premium but at what stage do you just kind of go ooh. <laughs> I do like tight ends still, though. I can still play those guys. Yeah, this is probably about that spot. That I've got this tier of five guys now, and, and both the top two, well, my top two tight ends fit into to this tier. And yeah. I mean, I I can I could take it anyway, but I feel like in in the last few days, I've I've actually got a little bit higher on on the tight ends than what I was originally straight after the NFL draft because I just feel like tight ends in fantasy they, they usually take a little bit of time to to develop, and I feel like you could maybe hit on a, a wide receiver or a running back. It could gain value a lot quicker than what a tight end could. But in the, the last few days, after the, the dust settled a little bit on the NFL draft, I'm starting to feel a little bit more in these tight ends. So I actually am going to take a tight end. Dalton Kincaid is my tight end one now. He was my tight end two before the NFL draft. But I think that draft gabble that he's caught at the fir- it has been the first tight end selected in the first round. Um, the Bills moving up to, to grab him as well. I've I've seen the videos come out after that they wanted to to get above the Cowboys because they felt like they could take a tight end. Mm. So they've moved up to get their guy. And I mean, he could be walking into a situation where he's the second option um, behind Stefan Diggs in, in this offense pretty much straight away. Um, now I know yeah. Dawson Knox is still there and he's been solid um, both in fantasy and in, and, and in the NFL, but they obviously wanted this guy. They've got, they've got, they know his... Kincaid's whole bag in college was he's the best receiving tight end out of this class. So you feel like you know what you're getting in, in Kincaid. They, they brought him in to, to be a weapon for Josh Allen, who's, who's had a need for, for weapons in, in this offense for, for the last couple of years. So, yeah, getting a tight end that could be used heavily in the, in the passing game in a, in a high-powered Bills offense tied to Josh Allen, who's one of the best quarterbacks in, in the NFL at this moment. Yeah, this is the point where I'm happy to now start taking a shot on, on tight end. And um, even though it's not tight end premium, I feel like, you can still get him in this second round and it's still great value for a guy that could potentially push into to the top six tight ends within a, a couple of years if if he hits the ground running. So, yeah, I love Kincaid at, at this point of the draft. Yeah, absolutely. If, you, if you're looking for that, that upside, if you're looking for like your your potential kind of next Travis Kelsey, but mm-hmm. Kincaid's the best shot you have in in this class and, you know, maybe the best we've seen for, you know, since Kyle, Kyle Pitts came out, maybe. The next, like, I don't think there was, there was, who was it last year? That guy, could, uh, I can't even remember his name. Man. That's, that's how memorable he is. The guy, the big tight end that came out last year in the class. He plays for the Cardinals. Trey McBride, right? Oh, sure, he was idea. the guy. Yeah, he was he was the guy last year. So I think Kincaid, I'd have him slightly ahead of where, where McBride was. And But yeah, Brock Bowers, obviously, next year, that's going to that's mm. change a few things too. So that's going to be interesting. <laughs> but Don Kincaid, love that at 2-5. At so who's who's following him up at 2-6? Where are we going? Yeah, so this is a guy that actually after the NFL draft, I, I kind of put a bit of disrespect on him, to be honest. I was hiding him pre, pre-NFL draft, but then I don't know why I just didn't really feel it after the NFL draft. But now that I've, as I said, the dust set a little bit and I've got my head around the, the situation he's landed in, I've moved him back up now a, a lot more. And it's Josh Downs. Um, he yeah. was my wide receiver five uh, before the NFL draft, as I say. The fact that he slid a lot further than what I was expecting him to in the NFL draft, being a third-round pick. I think I kind of just overreacted to that a little bit, a little bit through the through the dummy out of the pram a little bit because he, he slid mm. so much. And 
I think this is a spot now where I'm happy to take him. Going to the Colts, uh, as we mentioned, Anthony Richardson being selected. He's going to be a great potential safety valve uh, straight away for Anthony Richardson. Being that slot guy, he's been so dominant at North Carolina in the slot. That has been his role in, mm-hmm. in college. And he's potentially walking straight into that. Paris Campbell's now moved on to, to the Giants. So there's a role there straight away for, for Josh Downs to, to get that early work. And um, we know Michael Pittman's obviously there at, at the Colts and has been great for, for the Colts. But I feel like they've got a real need beyond that at the wide receiver position. So I feel like I, should, I shouldn't really have overreacted as much as I did on, on Josh Downs and, and the landing spot on the draft capital. And now that I've thought about it a little bit more, I feel like it could be a, a great PPR league, especially it could be a great play in fantasy. Um, as I say, as that slot wide receiver who could see plenty of targets um, if, if Anthony Richardson takes a liking to him. Yeah, absolutely. You think like playing out of the slot, like Richardson, they might try and keep things simple right at the start, mm-hmm. like run options, quick passes. Who's going to be there in the slot? Probably open Josh Downs, right? <laughs> so yeah, he's he's a guy that I think is is really good value there at, at 2-6. And I know there's like historical data all about, you know, wide receivers in the third round or later, like at and, and his height and everything. But yeah. I mean, we, we took we took Hendon Hooker two slots ago. The guy that announced the pick for Hedden Hooker, he stood up and said on the stage, he was like, oh, wow, so this is what it feels like to be up here. Huh? There's Alan Rossi and Brown, right? <laughs> yeah. Like with the best moment of the draft that no one's really talking about. Like it yeah. can be done. And, and Josh Downs is a very similar like type in the slot. Get the ball, mm-hmm. get away. So yeah, if if Amon Rock can do it, then then Josh Downs could he could be like a sneaky, sneaky guy to get, you know, in in this kind of range of two six. So I love that pick. And who's coming in at, at two seven? Yeah, so you just mentioned about historical data and, and looking for those like outliers, there's, there's guys that don't really hit. And this is a guy that he fits that bill perfectly. It's Nathaniel <laughs> Tank Dell for me. I yeah. still believe, despite all the negatives about his size and his height, and that, that <laughs> these size, these profiles of wide receivers never hit in fantasy, I'm still willing to take a shot at this point at the draft. I think what he's shown in college was, was incredible. He's a guy that I think a lot of people come around to when they started watching tape and getting to know Nathaniel Dell a little bit more. They've kind of come around to him. And, and I mean, we got a nickname like Tank. I think that says it all, really. Despite his size, he plays a lot bigger than that. He's, he's a tough competitor. Yeah. And um, in, the, in the recent days following the NFL draft, I've seen talks that CJ Stroud, said that I want this guy, this is a guy that I want us to, to grab. So again, that's great. You know that you're potentially getting that early chemistry because CJ Stroud was, was crying out for, for the Texans to, to take Nathaniel Dell. We know that there's a need over there in in, in Houston for wide receivers. Obviously got Nico Collins um, and, and John Mechie coming back, um, which is brilliant this year. But I think Tank Dell is going to get an opportunity pretty early on an offense that, that's had a need for, for wide receivers. It's going to be down a lot, I think. Um, with with the, the the current state that 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 off that that team is in, um, so this offense is going to really have to carry this team. So um, yeah, I'm I'm willing to bet on the outlier. I know the hit rate isn't great, but I'm willing to take a shot here because I think he could be a potential outlier. Um, and you're getting him at, I mean, what's this middle of the second round, late second? I mean, yeah. we're not getting much else. These are all coming just crapshoots, really, and you're just hoping for the best. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy to take him here as my wide receiver now. Yeah, exactly. This is where you're just like, right, what's the ceiling here? It's like, yeah. like, or who's like, who's like almost like the most talented? Like, who's shown mm-hmm. you like the most? And and Tank yeah. Dell has shown so much. Doesn't matter what size he is. Like, he's shown that he's a playmaker. So, you want playmakers in your team? Why not take him at two seven? Um, who's your next playmaker then coming off the board at at, at two eight? 
Yeah, so I'm going to go back to the tight end position. This was my tight end one before the NFL draft. It's Michael Mayer. Um, yeah. He's now landed with the, the Raiders. I think he's landed in a great situation. I was shocked that he wasn't the, the second overall tight end selected in the NFL. Um, but, I mean, he wasn't too far behind. Going to, to the Raiders, who have obviously had a need at tight end since um, Darren Waller's gone gone to the Giants. And now they've got Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. I mean, we know what, what he did at the 49ers with that tight end over there in, in yeah. George Kittle. So could we be potentially looking at, at the new Jimmy G with his new George Kittle in, in Michael Mayer? I think we could be because I think Michael Mayer offers a lot of similarities to, to a George Kittle. He, he's got the receiving, but he's also a great blocker. He's a, a true prototypical tight end. I think he's the best overall tight end out of this entire class. He's a guy that if yeah. you play Devi, you've known about him for a while. People have been excited by him. So, yeah, Michael Mayer for me, I think he's going to be a great tight end in the NFL and, and hopefully for fantasy as well. I was shocked Sam Laporte went ahead of him. Like Same. Like, actually... Sure. I mean, I wonder if, you know, much like Sam Laporta when he's under pressure, if the Lions drop the ball a little bit with that one, like it's, um, yeah, Michael Mayer would have been a much, much safer pick. And you're right, like people forget what happened whenever Jimmy G, when Trey Lance went down and Jimmy G went back in, what was everybody saying? It was like kill season all day because Jimmy G loves to the tight end and now Michael Mayer's there. So that could be a really interesting, interesting link up there. So we got... We got Michael Mayer locked in. So who's in at uh, two nine then? Yes, yeah, so this is the last guy for me. As I mentioned at the start, it's a tier of five, yeah. and, and this is the last guy for me. It's Jaden Reed, um, the the wide receiver selected by by the Packers in in the second round. This was yeah. this was probably one of the biggest shocks for me in the entire NFL draft in terms of fantasy relevant players. The fact that the Packers took him so early because for me he wasn't anywhere near. The, the, this range of, of wide receivers yeah. uh, where I valued them and I was shocked to see him going in, in the second round. Um, but I think now he's got that solid draft capital as well, landing in a situation where he could get opportunities pretty early there, obviously. Um, Christian Watson's there. He's been the, the main wide receiver for them. And beyond that, it's kind of just a lot of later round guys that they took maybe last year in Romeo Dobbs and, and players like yeah. that. There's a there's an opportunity here for, for Reed to come in straight away and be the wide receiver too on this offense. Now I know um, they, they're obviously playing with with, with love at quarterback who we don't really know too much about just yet but maybe he's, he's better than what people are giving him credit for and maybe he can carry this offense um, a little bit so I'm willing to take the shot here purely down to draft capital but I also think the landing spot's pretty good for a potential early opportunity for him and, and that's just going to repay you in terms of value if he, if he starts the season hot and, and with opportunities I feel like his, his value is going to gain far more than what you're getting right now as a, as a late second um, in, your, in your rookie drafts yeah, absolutely. He's a guy that's just flown up, you know, boards. I mean, obviously, I've been doing these, like, mock drafts for months now. I've been asking people. We did two rounds. Asked people to give sleepers. Not once has his name been mentioned in months and months and months. So, yeah, for him to fly off the board now, that, that's that's really interesting. We'll see what he does on, on the Green Bay Packers. And we've got three picks left, Matt. Who, who are you going with pick 210? Yeah, so now this is for me where I'm I'm going to start hammering running backs. We, we know that when you, this is the spot for me where you should be taking running backs, taking a shot on these guys that have, have been yep. day three picks or, or late day two picks and, and are going to get an opportunity. So for me, the guy that's at the top of my list right now is Roshan Johnson, who, who landed mm-hmm. with the Bears. Um, he's going into a situation where it could potentially be the starter pretty yeah. much straight away. I mean, obviously Khalil Herbert, a lot of the fans community love Khalil Herbert and felt like he was kind of stuck behind David Montgomery and should have got more of an opportunity. But I think what um, Rashawn Johnson offers is is different to, to what Khalil Herbert got. And I know they brought in Foreman as well, but 
I'm not sold on that. I think he just did great with the opportunity that he got with the, the Panthers. Yeah. But I feel like what Roshan Johnson offers, people, not a lot of people really know what he's about because he's obviously been sat behind Bijan Robinson for, for the last three years in college and just getting those opportunities. But he can be used in the, in the running game. He can be used in receiving game. Tied to, to Justin Fields, who he's going to open up lanes. People always worry about these mobile quarterbacks not passing to the running back. But when it comes to, to running the ball, they actually create lanes for, for these running backs. So on this Bears offense, that I think it's going to run the ball plenty. Um, next year. I think he's got a great shot of early opportunity and if he is the starting running back for the Bears, you know for a fact his value is going to take a, a jump up a little bit like a Damian Pierce did last year. So yeah, I'm happy to take a shot on, on a running back in, in Johnson at this stage. Do you know, I've got a sneaky bet I'm going to put on next year. I don't know where I'm going to find it, but I right. think I've got I've got a trick player ready for the Chicago Bears and it's Roshan Johnson to throw a touchdown pass. Yep, used to play quarterback, so I'm, I'm not against yep. it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's like a sneaky bet. I don't know how even who would even <laughs> make that or where I would go to find it, but but that's one I want to put on for for next year. Roshan throwing a touchdown pass. Look out for that, Love everybody. It. So, uh, <laughs> you got you got two picks left to go. Who's going to be your penultimate pick then of uh, this draft? Yeah, so again, another running back that's got a potential opportunity. It's Kendra Miller for me. Now, I know a lot of people are, are really high on him, so I'm probably not going to get a lot of shares of him because I've seen him go a lot earlier than this in, in rookie drafts. But for me, I think at this stage is where I'm willing to, to take a shot on him. Got an opportunity with the, the Saints. He got solid draft capital, mm. being a third-round pick. And um, We know the situation with Alvin Kamara is a bit up in the air at the moment, but he could potentially be suspended. Um, the, the only concern I do have is is more similar to, to a Jamal Williams than he is an Alvin Kamara for me. Um, yeah. While I think he can be used in the receiving game, I think he is more of a, a solid runner of the ball than a receiver of the ball. So I'm interested to see how that plays out. But it feels like Jamal Williams is going to be a lock for, for the early down work, the goal line work, because of what he showed with the lines. So I do just worry about how it materialises, but I feel like he's going to get an opportunity. And as I say, if you get a running back that's getting an opportunity, um, that can lead to, to a return on value. You can look to move off him if he does get that, that bigger share of, of this backfield than what maybe we expect. So I'm happy to take a shot at him at the end of the second. Yeah, absolutely agree. I think he's really good value there at two eleven. And right, you got one more pick, two twelve. Who's who's running yeah. up? You stand at, stand at running back. I am going to stay at running back, and this is a guy that I think a lot of people are out on now because of we've had a lot of uh, medical reports on this guy, and it's safe to say it's not looking too great for him. But I'm happy to take a shot on Tajay Spears here, um, landing in the third round to the Titans. I mean, all this is coming out about the fact that he's got no ACL and obviously he's had the two previous ACL injuries, now got no ACL. He's got arthritis in this knee. I mean, yeah, that is obviously a big red flag. His career is going to be shortened by that, but we're playing dynasty. You're playing these three-year windows anyway, so yeah. I'm just looking for a guy. If he doesn't play after his rookie contract, I'm not too bothered to be honest. I'm just looking for something now. I know he's behind Derek Henry, but this is a team that love to run the ball. If the, if the Titans are willing to invest a third-round pick into him, that's still pretty solid draft capital. So that tells me that even though the, the medical things have come out, they've obviously know more than that than what we do. And they're happy to see use that draft capital on him. So I think he's a fair shot at this range. If anything worse happens to Derek Henry, there's been talks and we've been traded a, a, yeah. a few times during the offseason. So if he does get moved on, you're in a, a Titans backfield that, that runs the ball plenty. So again, happy to take the shot at running back at this stage. Yeah, the medical thing, I kind of just like, right, okay, what what is it? You're worried about the, the no SCL. Are you worried about the way he moves? It's like, well, if you're worried <laughs> about that, be try like watching him because yeah. there should be no worries about his movement. And then, are you worried about him getting injured? I'm like, he's a running back. Like, you, they're he's got to get injured. They all get injured. So yeah. it's 
yeah, there's and the bonus is yeah. if you haven't got an ACL, you can't tear it again. So, hundred <laughs> percent true. Right? Everybody's turned their ACLs. Not Tasha. He's he's not doing that at all. Um, so yeah, I love I love that pick there at the back end of of the second round, do twelve. And and Matt, we're not going to go through the full third, fourth round, but mm-hmm. is there any guys here that you're like, I like this guy in the third or the fourth, or like some kind of sleeper picks for for people listening that that you like at the moment? Yeah, well, I'll just give a few quick ones. I mean, Sam Laporte, we mentioned a little bit earlier. I feel like he's a tight end that because of that solid draft capital, I wouldn't be shocked if or or argue if somebody wanted to take him higher at maybe the back end of the second or, or mid-second. But I think if you're getting him at, at around the, the third round, at the mid-third round, I think you're getting a real solid potential tight end. Obviously, we know TJ and what he did in that offense and the opportunity he's going to get in Detroit because there's no real tight ends there. So for me, he's somebody that I'd definitely be looking at around this point. Um, or maybe potentially, and then some sleeper guys. I mean, you, you mentioned it at the top of the series, Zach Evans. I'm not willing to, to quite give up on him yet, but I am willing to, to accept that he has fallen a lot further in my rankings. But again, in the third round, he's landed with the Rams, a potential opportunity there for him. We know Cam Akers has had a bit of a rough time with, with, with Sean McVay, and they've been a little bit of doghouse treatment to him and, and what have you. So I feel like there's a potential opportunity for, for Zach Evans to maybe get some work um early doors and, and he could potentially fight his way to being a starter at some point and then my final one this is a guy that's been my sleeper for months now mags this is a guy i've been super on it's puka nakua again to the to the rams um yeah. but i've i've loved this guy for ages i mentioned that i do these under the radar rookie threads and he's a guy immediately that i found and absolutely fell in love with him love the way he plays really versatile can be used in a variety of different ways like uh, screen passes, jet sweeps. They can they can get really creative with Puka Nakua, and the Rams are a team that are, are willing to do that. We've seen it with guys like Robert Woods, how they used him in a very similar way. So I love the landing spot. I love the player. He was selected in the fifth round. So while it's not amazing draft capital, I feel like it's it's decent enough. It's about where I thought he'd go anyway. So yeah, love him as a sleeper on a on a potential great landing spot with with a very depleted wide receiver core in front of him behind only Cooper Cup really. So yeah, he's a, a sleeper for me. Yeah, absolutely love it. Do you know I've got another sleeper that plays for the Rams? And this is probably an unpopular th- opinion. Stetson Bennett. Oh, okay. Matthew Don't Stafford. Yeah. Not being healthy. Wouldn't yeah. be shocked if he plays one more year and retires. Stetson Bennett could be your future quarterback of the Rams. Nobody's really talking about yeah, it. So could be a little bit he's like going... a Sam Howell kind of situation. Yeah. 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 So I'm keeping, I'm keeping an eye on it. And so far in most drafts, he's actually just gone completely undrafted mm-hmm. so yeah. somebody can pick up on on your waivers for for free how about that free just like the <laughs> giveaway we're doing for for dave Wright's uh database so if you haven't already subscribed make sure you're doing that for sure so let's pull away our our board there and just want to say matt man been an absolute pleasure as always great chatting some of these rookies with you do you just want to remind everybody where they can find you online and what you're up to yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at MattFFDynasty. Um, currently don't do any written content for, for anybody, but I do put a lot out on Twitter. A lot of my content is through through Twitter. So if you want some written content, you can you can find me there. And then also I'm the, the co-host of the Fantasy Wildcard Dynasty show with my friends Kevin Alley. Um, we do a weekly dynasty show talking about all things dynasty. And actually this month as well, we've got a, a big announcement. We're doing this charity streamathon again. We've done it twice already. This is going to be his third year doing it, raising money for, for Mind Charity, which is a great charity that supports people suffering from from mental health so we're doing that again on the 20th of may 
Um, if, if you if you are willing to donate or able to donate, you can find all that on our Twitter page at Fantasy Wildcard. But um, yeah, it'd be great if you could support us. If, if you can't do a donation, just please share it or, or come and watch it and, and join us because we've got some great guests coming on. It's going to be a lot of fun, um, yourself included, Mags. Hopefully we can we can get you on there. So um, yeah, it's going to be a great day, raising money for, for a great cause. So that's the, the big thing for me that I'd like to, to just mention before I go. But thank you once again for having me on, Mags. I, I love the hot seat. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. I watch it every every opportunity I get, I'm watching it. So thank you for having me on. It's uh, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much. And yeah, everybody check out definitely the the fundraising for that. I'll put the link to to the option to donate in the YouTube description yeah, and also on it. on the tweet that's gone out. So make sure you, you you check it out and and click and donate. It really does help. And obviously, thank you so much for listening, everybody. That's it for today. Keep your eyes peeled for some more content coming out real soon. And don't forget about that amazing giveaway to Dave Wright's database. All you got to do is subscribe. Send me a little screenshot. Easy. So thank you from Matt, from me. Awesome. Once again, remember, for anything Dynasty, you want to know, keep it locked on the Certified Inferno. And we'll see you next time. Bye.